Hi everyone, I'm Job, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Remote, where we are reimagining how the world works and lives. And welcome to Remote Talks, the show where we interview the top minds in remote work and global employment. This week, Comser CEO Mac Redden joins me to discuss critical topics on community and building relationships. I hope you enjoy it. Mac, welcome to Remote Talks. Um, it would be great if we could start if you could introduce yourself. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, Mac. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Comser, and we're building uh, the community operating system. I'll keep it very high level. For the <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you right away. What does it mean? <laughs> It's a short version. I think it's think about it's kind of like what HubSpot is to a marketing team or Salesforce is to a sales team. We are building for a community team. It's this idea that community is this whole network of engagement around companies. It's not just their Slack channels or their forums, but it's all these touch points, social media, email newsletters, events, Slacks, forums. And the core of our product is taking all that, tying it together, giving community teams a, a system of record. We call it a CNM, a community network manager instead of a CRM. And then building the tooling to help them better engage their community, better understand their community, and then connect that community back to other functions in the company so they can understand the impact community has on sales, marketing, success, etc. And so if I understand it well, one of the things Comster does is that you uh, find the same person in multiple channels. So let's say I have a Slack uh, community and I were active on Twitter, you make it visible like, oh, this same person engages in multiple channels. Yeah, building that kind of connecting that whole network around the company. So you understand how members are engaging and where they're engaging. And it's one of those interesting things. One of the, I'll use an example in our own Slack community. You have a member who was like, wow, this member hasn't been here in nine months. I haven't seen them around, but I was able to say, oh, actually they're opening our newsletter and they read our newsletter every week. So they are still a member of our community. There's not a member in a, in a more obvious way. I think a lot of times there's this kind of divide of members you can see and members you can't see because people engage in different ways. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like it's a, like an opinionated thing, like a new thing. I think it, probably the response of many organizations you speak to, is this not just the same as marketing? How, how is it different? What is special about community and how, how is that thinking different than what we had before? Yeah, I think if you call, if you say community is marketing, you'll piss off every community manager <laughs> out there. It's, I think that the big difference is that community is all about breaking down barriers and enabling these many-to-many -many networks to exist. Traditional business has very, been very siloed, right? It's like, I want to sell to you, so I reach out to you directly, or I want to market to you, or I want to support you, whereas community is actually enabling that network to engage with each other and, uh, and actually build relationships with each other. And when done right, it actually can elevate the, the product or the company into something bigger. I think you look at... Uh, you know, like Salesforce with like their Dreamforce community, the Trailblazers, right? That is so much more than Salesforce, the product. And that's because they were able to bring people together and find those shared connections and give people a reason to, to come together. And that's, marketing doesn't give you a reason to be there. It's just like, please buy our product. It's very different. Whereas communities like come here and like find shared meaning and maybe you'll buy our product. Maybe you'll be a better customer because of that. But we've, I've used the line that community has to exist for the sake of community. And I think historically companies have, made the mistake of allowing community to get co-opted by marketing or sales mm -hmm. or support. And people can see through that, right? Community is not really community if the only purpose is to ask questions and get product help. So have, like community really becomes bigger than marketing when there's a bigger reason than the product to be there. And so uh, one of the, I think, if I, if, I, if I understand this well, one of the important aspects of a community is that beyond direct engagement with the organization, there's engagement between individual community members. Yeah, and, and breaking down those, those barriers and enabling it to happen. I think community building is, 
you know, people have their different analogies for it, but you're not, you're not actually in there like marketing or sales. You are doing those connections yourself. Whereas community is more about building the space in which those connections can happen. Like you're shepherding it rather than manually doing it. And so how long has Comsor been around? I guess there's like a, a double-sided answer to that question. It's about a little under two years now, um, but then we pivoted what we were building as, as startups do about a year ago. So depending on where you want to define that, that starting point. I'm asking you because, uh, you know, thinking about the before times, I remember community used to be this thing where in organizations you had someone that organized events and then the community was, well, we have a community in Amsterdam and there we have events and then that's it. And, and so how has this been for you? Like community is in, in your world, I, I suppose, mostly, if not completely an online thing. It wasn't intended to be an online only thing. I think it's just the, the state of the world in the last year yes. kind of kind of forced the hand. But I think that's also, that's one of the, the beauties and the dangers of community is that it is such a broad thing. You go and ask 10 different people or 10 different companies to define what community means for them. And you'll get different answers and you can go on Twitter and define it. And half the replies will be people agreeing with you and half of them will be like, no, that's wrong. This is what community is. And that's that's like what kind of the great thing about it. It makes it very hard to build a product in the space or give advice in the space because it's always like, here's the advice on how you build community, except for when that doesn't apply to your community because your community is different. <laughs> and so if, you, if, if you're, you know, you, you're starting a startup, how, how do you even get, get started with this? Like, I, I don't know this answer. I, I know that there's like, we exist in the remote space. There's people that regularly engage with us. I think we're one of your customers as well, but um, <laughs> I, 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 if I were to start a new company, I wouldn't necessarily know like, this is how I'm going to get started with a community other than, you know, buying your product and starting to look at it. I think sometimes, I think historically it happens accidentally sometimes. I think, uh, you know, companies have good products, people gather around naturally. I think you look at like things like uh, Webflow or Notion, people just gathered around them and started sharing Notion templates and things like that. That wasn't something that Notion set out and did intentionally just kind of happened. And, you know, now they can build intentional community from there. But I think it's, it's almost like that, that question that's a, it's a little bit of a loaded question, I think sometimes where it's, it's sometimes it's like, it's like developers debating what database they should use or what <laughs> language they should start their product. And it's like, it, it probably doesn't matter. Like, like, it's about finding a reason once again, for people to be there. It's like, why, why do people want to join your community and why do they want to stay there? What value are they going to get out of it? And one of the big differences is unlike traditional social media or marketing, which is very one directional and very consumption based, right? I can follow you on Twitter. I don't have to actually actively do anything to get value out of that. I can just browse your tweets and see things and it's kind of delivered to me. Community members have to put in to get out. It's not like you can't just like join a Slack community and just be there and expect value to be delivered to you on a silver platter. So you have to unlock that reason for people to want to be there. And that's the first thing to start with. And I think a lot of, a lot of startups start with, you know, they, they put their customers in a Slack channel and then they try to figure out how to go broader than that. We, I just use ourselves as an example. We did the opposite. We actually, when we were trying to figure out what our pivot was, we knew we wanted to be in the community space, but we didn't really know what our product was or, or was going to be because our first product wasn't working as well as we had hoped it would as, as startups do. Yeah. Uh, we started a newsletter. It was a sub stack, which is like, here's the best tweets and blog posts in the community space each week. And then we launched a Slack channel and brought, you know, the, I think we had like 50 people that were reading the newsletter and like invited them to the Slack channel. And there was no purpose there. It was just like, Hey, we're here to talk about community. And then over time, that mission gets more defined and refined and we're more intentional about it. But that first step is just bringing people together, which is 
also why it's so hard to get that because like that's a very broad thing to do unlike sales or marketing we can be like hey do a then b then c then the sale will happen then this will happen or whatever community is a little bit it's an art and a science which is why it makes it very hard to to give that sort of prescriptive advice so do you what does the future look like how are organizations going to react to like the rise of the community or the importance of the community Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a lot is happening right now. It's I mean, we it's you know the number of chief community officers we're seeing and VP of community roles and the number of companies that reach out to us on a weekly basis to ask about community because they're like, oh, well, we should have started three years ago. And because it is also it's one of those things that takes time. Yeah. Uh, so it is you know that that saying like the best time to start a community uh, was yesterday. The second best time to start one is today. Like the the tree saying kind of is yeah. applicable here. Uh, I think the future. Like I said, I think the old world of community was very like community of support where community like you, you didn't, you weren't part of a company's community unless you bought the product, yeah. then you would join the community and you know, maybe you're there to ask questions. Like some of them, like Salesforce have been able to leverage it into like a bigger brand and a bigger thing. But for the most part, you were there to have support questions or get help or give product feedback. And now more and more companies are moving towards this idea of a community of interest where it's not just for customers anymore, but it's for the entire space in which they exist. So for example, our community, the community club is not for Comstore customers only. It's a community for community builders, whether you're a Comstore customer, whether you'll ever be a Comstore customer, whether you'll, you know, there's no potential for you ever to be. It's just a space for our space. And I think uh, like Lattice is another good example of that. They have their We Heart People community, which is for people that work in HR and, and people ops, whether they're a Lattice customer or not. So we're seeing community get, get broader and broader. And it's almost like this evolution of community and excuse my like crass language here being the bastard child of the companies where like different companies like report to different departments and no one really knew where it lived. And now it's maturing into its own department. But I actually think it's going to go one step further and actually start to sit around all those departments and actually be a first touch point rather than a last touch point. Interesting. Can you elaborate on that? Like uh, sitting around, like it rather than inter, uh, touch points being marketing, rather than touch points being, you know, a BDR. Well, how do you see that? Yeah, this is, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to piss off some community managers. If they, if they listen to this, I know it's, there's some slight disagreement on this, but I think there's almost, there's kind of two types of community at a company from my perspective. There is the community as is traditionally defined and owned by a community team, the Slack, the forums, maybe the events, maybe the social media, maybe the content team, depending on how community is structured at a company. But there's like, that's like the traditional community. But then there's this broader idea of community slash customer experience that I think sits one layer higher up, which is if you and I sit here and have a sales conversation about remote and I leave with a terrible experience, that was not on a community channel. That was not a relationship or an interaction owned by your community manager, but that would hurt remotes community or vice versa. If I had a great experience, it would benefit remotes community. So yeah. I think there's this, this idea that community has, has that tangible piece, but also this intangible piece that almost sits around the entire network around a company. And it's, it's this idea that community, unlike any other function in a company has the ability to touch every other function. Once again, it's hard to define, like the goal of community is kind of everyone's goals and no one's goals at the same time. Community can help drive leads and sales. It can help reduce support costs. It can help increase customer success. It can help uh, drive brand awareness and thought leadership. And there's all the, it can drive hiring. We've hired people from our community. It's like, mm -hmm. it's this multifaceted thing that actually can sit around the entire company rather than just being a piece that sits internally. Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I think, you know, uh, back when I was at GitLab, 
we did everything in public and part of our secret was like everything was in public and not just that you can also just contribute and comment on that and we sort of built a community exactly on top of that like it was just an open source project and then once it became a business we were like well you know we are going to continue operating almost as if we are an open source project um and we did exactly that we ended up hiring the community i think uh, we had like a list of like people that did most of commits and i think we hired like the top 20 at least and uh, out of the top 100 we hired also like a, a significant portion of that and I, uh, i'm starting to see now how that really was community building even though at the time we just and like you wouldn't define it as community because right? it's not yeah. like i think that's the, the mistake is so many companies right now are like they're like we are a slack community or we are a discourse community or we are an inside community whatever they like they almost like they take the platform their communities on and they apply that to the identity of the community but community is not a platform. Community yep. isn't tooling. Community is the relationships and the networks that are built. And that happens intentionally or not on a platform or not. And that's where like these lines, like there's that ongoing debate of community versus audience. And mm -hmm. I actually think that they kind of almost blurred together. If, if a company does community right, they kind of become one. Yeah, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Weird question, but that one I'm wondering about. Should uh -oh. should companies have comment sections on their blogs? Like I, many companies, like like Remote, for example, have a, have a content strategy where they regularly publish things. Should we make it easier for people to be active about that, or should we just leave that where it is, as in Twitter or everywhere else? I mean, I'm going to answer that in a broader sense than like yeah, specifically yeah. <laughs> just comments on blog posts because I think that's that's a personal decision that has <laughs> has pros and cons. I think it's a thing where companies have sometimes struggled with adopting community. And that's where like, you know, once again, the old world of business was very siloed, right? Like this yeah. is the sales relationship. This is the marketing relationship. Because sometimes companies are afraid about <laughs> enabling customers to talk to each other. It's like, what if someone talks about our competitor? What if someone talks shit about us? What if someone says something mean? It's like, well, they're going to say that anyways. Yeah. It's just, they may or may not say it to your face or in a place that you can actually respond to it. And if you make it impossible for someone to say it in a place where you can converse with them about it, that's going to be that much harder to deal with. So I think there's a lot of like, like one thing, because community is about breaking down those barriers. You want those conversations to happen. It's like, yeah. it's kind of counterintuitive. I've told companies like, it's actually okay if someone joins your Slack to bitch about your product. Because guess what? They're going to bitch about it on Twitter if you don't let them join your Slack and bitch about it. And at least if they do it in your Slack, you can respond to it and maybe rectify the situation. And when you deal with those things in public, and you probably experience this at GitLab, right? When you, when yeah. you deal with that in public, People see that the community sees, wow, someone had a problem. The company dealt with it really well. That actually becomes like a, you can turn a negative into a positive when you enable it to happen through the community versus trying to like keep it in these closed doors where it's like, okay, like, you know, I really hate this company and like, I can't go talk on their, on their forum because they're going to ban me. So I'm just going to tell all my friends in private that I hate this company yeah. and the company's never going to know why they're losing all these customers. Yeah. Yeah. There was two things that we did at GitLab. One is once we deleted the database and we, wrote publicly about it and we're like this is where we're working on the problem have a look here which actually uh turned out to be a really positive thing in the long run even though it's extremely painful at the time and the other thing we did it's it's good and again you're reframing my memories in in the sense of like we're doing community work which is we just responded to every single thing on the internet like every time someone would speak about us or about our product be it positive or negative we would just respond to it and especially if someone said something negative we would be like okay, it's interesting. Uh, this is how we're going to address it. Or, wow, we, we didn't realize this was, you know, this was not a good feature. This was not a good thing uh, we built. Um, it, that's, that's, that's very interesting. That's, you're really reframing it as like, oh, that, that was I think there's a lot work. of that. 
there's a lot of that. Like I, I, I like to say I've been a community builder for 10 years, unintentionally for five years and intentionally <laughs> for five years. Cause the first five years I didn't even realize like there was this old, this community aspect happening to what I was doing. Yeah. Do you, how do you, how do you think traditional companies are going to perceive this or are going to, to deal with this? I think, I think part of maybe their fear is, and I think you referred to this, is that you can't really control it. Like you don't have power over it. You can shut down things like that. Uh, maybe you have already had interactions with more traditional, larger organizations. Yeah, I mean, my short answer to that would be based on the companies that have been reaching out to us and talking about community, I would say they're less afraid now than I would have expected. I think a year ago when we made the pivot originally and we were trying to talk to companies, they were like, this is dumb. Like community is not our problem. And like that, that tone has changed a lot in the last mm-hmm. year. So I think it'll be, it'll be interesting. I also like to, I love to point, listen, Salesforce is like the most shiny example of a kind of big, boring enterprise company. And they do community really well in a way that people get excited about. Like if Salesforce can get people excited about being part of their community, any company can do it. Yeah, I'm starting to think about like Microsoft has for many years, a lot of different programs also to like empower individuals and make them proud of like they're part of the greater yep. Microsoft community. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very Like IBM has their like advocacy program where they like highlight like the 30 most helpful people. And they actually, they didn't, I don't think they even called it a community until recently. They're just like, yep. this is our advocacy program. We're highlighting good people. It's like, no, but like, that's a community. And so if I'm a, if I'm a company and I, I'm like, wow, this sounds really great. I should, I should participate in this. How do I find someone that can build a community? What, what is, what makes a community builder? Like you call yourself. Oh man, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> I, there is no official training for community managers, right? I think most community managers I've spoken to fell into it accidentally. They were either doing it. There's a lot, a lot like myself included. A lot of us started by uh, in the gaming world where you're like, you're building like online, you know, I was building like Skype groups and online forums. Yeah. And it was like discord servers for like various games you were a part of and, and things like that. So as a lot of people start as kind of like community builders from like a hobbyist perspective, like people who were like, you know, they start a subreddit and they're managing it that way and, and, and whatnot. And then they kind of fall into it. There's also a lot of people that come from a support success marketing role that just kind of once again, fall into it. It's, it's a hardcore generalist role right now. Mm-hmm. That is starting to change. We are starting to see some specialization in community roles where it's not just community manager. You actually have like community marketing, community operations and, and things like that. But it's it, because it's such a hard role to define sometimes. And there's still, also still a side note, a lot of companies that misuse the term. They're like, we're hiring community manager. And like, eh, that's more of like a Twitter social media manager. But like, or I saw a role the other day that was like, said community manager and then you read into it and you're like this is a growth marketer role and you're just like calling it community manager so there's a lot of a lot of evolution happening right now i think it's kind of similar to like revenue ops right like revenue operations was not really a role three to five years ago and now it's a role but it took three to five years to and it's still it's still getting defined um so i think i mean to, to answer the original question about like what does the company do before they even hire someone I think they, you know, community isn't necessarily something that every company should do, right? Like when Twitter was new, every company's like, oh, we got to have a Twitter account. It's like, not every company needs a social media <laughs> necessarily. And it's like, you don't need a community just because it's like the hot new trend. Just like you didn't need to like put machine learning in your product five years ago, just because every VC said you should. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's, it's this idea of, they have to be ready to commit to the long haul. Community building takes time. It is not, unlike other functions, you can't put a dollar in and expect to get $2 out in a trackable way 
right away. It takes time. I've, I've used the analogy. It's like growing an apple tree. You got to find the right place to plant it. You got to plant it. You got to nurture it. You got to water it every day. You got to make sure the deer don't trample it. It takes time. Eventually, maybe a year or two later, it'll be big enough that it's self-sustaining and you only have to maintain it and it starts bearing fruit and it'll bear fruit for a hundred years, but it'll take two years to get to that point. Yeah. So it is, it is a very slow process. Um, I think companies that want to do it right need to hire a dedicated person and what that dedicated person looks like depends on the kind of community you're trying to build. But far too often, I see someone just take like a marketing intern. They're like, Hey, like you're the community manager now have fun. And then six months later, they're complaining that the community didn't work, but it's like, I've actually like pitched this idea of the self-fulfilling prophecy of, uh, of not investing in community properly, where it's like, there's a lack of understanding of community, which leads to a lack of being able to measure it, which leads to a lack of understanding the impact of it, which leads to a lack of investment in it properly, which then all feeds back into itself. And then, and there comes in comes to where you say, well, we can sort of show you at least somewhat what the impact is. Of, but even of then, I think you like, you still need a person who can like, it's, because community building, it's not saying you can just like automate or put data behind. Like we, we like to say, we're not a data-driven product. We're a data-augmented product. Right? Like mm. We will give a community manager and a community team the data and the insights they need to understand their job and maybe do a better job and not be taking stabs in the dark and prove that impact. But we're not going to engage or build the community for you. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Other than other than um, like a cultural shift in how you think about the communities, what is lacking still in the space? Like, what is or what are you building over the next years to to help enable communities being built and help help them grow? I still think there's a lot of to go back to like the role. There's a lot of the misunderstanding of like what a community role looks like, what you're hiring for. You know, we're we're no longer the days of you know a, a VC backed startup paying a head of community fifty thousand dollars a year to live in San Francisco. That that luckily is no longer here, but there's definitely a lot of, a lot of companies are still undervaluing community and not under appreciating the time it takes. So we're doing a lot of work this year on, uh, there's a lot of resources out there for community managers. Like how do you manage a community on a day-to-day basis? How do you engage a community? There's not a lot of resources out there. They're, they're starting to get there, but there's not a ton out there for how do you convince a CEO or a CMO or an investor or another executive to care about community? Like, how do you think about community from an operational and organizational level, not a day-to-day level? So we're doing a lot of focus there because, you know, we can, community managers have been talking amongst themselves for 10, 20 years about people should care about community. But at the end of the day, if the, you know, if it doesn't come down from the top as well, it's, it's going to have limited impact. So we're doing a lot of, a lot of work there. We actually launched um, just to do a little plug here, a thing called C school, which is like a a 12 week program. It actually trained people to be community managers because as I mentioned, there isn't really, you can't get a college degree in it. There's like, there's books and articles and podcasts and YouTube videos, but there's not a actual like certification program. Like you are ready to be a community manager now. So we're working on, on building that out and doing a lot of like, I like to say we're not a software company, we're a community company because half our team works on these sort of initiatives that are more about growing the community space and defining the community space rather than our own product. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very interesting. Where can people find the, the C-School? It's on your website? Uh, yeah, so we, have, uh, so we have our own community, the Community Club, as I mentioned, which is like very separate from Commodore and very intentionally separate. Mm. So it's, it's under that brand. So if it's community.club, one of those hip new domains. <laughs> and uh, Commodore is at Commodore.com? Yeah, yeah. All right. Mac, thanks so much for being on today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks.